This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. Thank you. What is your name? It is Yenny. Yenny. Tofte Anderson. Tofte Anderson. Yeah. And what is your primary role in the line dance community, would you say? Um, instructor. Hmm. Yeah. So I teach, um, I teach three classes every week, one beginner improver class and then an intermediate and an advanced class. Hmm. So, yeah. Do you choreograph as well? Yes, I do. Oh. What are some of the dances that we might recognize of yours? Um, I think the biggest one in the U.S. is probably Main Attraction that I did with Kirsten and Joey. Mm. Um, other than that, uh, Far From the Tree and... Uh, wow, I'm at a blank right now. Um, I did uh, All Honey, which uh, Linda McCormack taught last year at uh, the marathon. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, there's, pr- there's probably been a lot over the years that I kind of spaced out a little bit. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, what can you tell us about Main Attraction? How did that happen across the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean? And also, what do the words sexy gerbil mean to you? Um, okay. <laughs> um, well, first of all, um, Kirsten and I were attending an event in Estonia mm. that Joey was supposed to teach at. Mm. And um, unfortunately, stuff happened, I think, with Joey's family that kind of made him not being able to attend. Mm. And so the event director there asked Kirsten and I if we would fill in mm. instead of Joey. So they, so they still had a workshop slot to fill out. Mm. And Joey contacted us saying, OK, since I'm not there, would you be interested in doing a dance together as a kind of uh, making up a little bit for him not being there? So, yeah, and then it just all happened over WhatsApp, basically. Him sending a video of 24, 32 counts with suggestions of of steps, and then we tweaked a little bit. We got together, because we don't live that far apart, Kirsten and I, Mm -hmm. uh, tweaked that a little bit and sent it back and sent some new steps back. And, yeah, it went back and forth for a week, I think, and then that was about it. Um, sexy gerbil. Kirsten hates me for this, actually. Um, I, again, it was over WhatsApp, and I think I just messaged uh, messaged Joey and I said, "Am I the only one who who hears sexy gerbil at the end?" Um, and Kirsten just looks at me and she said, "No, he sings sexy girl." I was like, "I don't care. It sounds like he says sexy gerbil." Um, so. I took it to the UK. I had a workshop in the UK and uh, I told people the story about Sexy Gerbil. So they renamed it Sexy Gerbil. Hmm. And then shortly after, Joey taught it at Windy City, I think it was. Mm. And we just saw this video of him on stage singing Sexy Gerbil. And I just thought, that's it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So uh, apparently you also know Brenda from a while back. Yeah, well... Brenda Chateau. Yeah, um... The thing is, we yeah we've been we've been talking for a lot of years, and I think we met face to face the first time at Eurodance last year. Mm. And I just realized, as I as I told her when um, when we talked about this social today, um, that we spoke last time. I actually spoke with her on on Messenger was um, during or right after Niels's 40th birthday which was in 2008 because I posted a lot of pictures and videos from there it was a huge thing with Rachel and Gaiden being surprised guests and everything so mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean the internet is a wonderful thing in many ways YouTube and Facebook and, and 
it's it's always a little bit of a fear, I guess, for me, um, coming out to places where I know there'll be people I know or mm. know from Facebook and I've talked to, but you're not quite certain if they don't if they look the same in the pictures as in real life. So uh, I'm a little bit shy. So sometimes I'm just uh, standing on the side going. I might know you, but I'm not sure. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's a thing I have to overcome. Mm -hmm. What's the uh, what is the line dance scene like in your home country? Um, it's it's getting there, if that makes sense. Because um, I can see now from the social today, for example, um, I knew a lot of a lot of the dancers, especially intermediate and up. Even though I have a beginner's class, I think that might be a bit more localized what's being taught but <clears throat> um, when line dancing started in Denmark it was already 10 years behind compared to the UK and the US what year was that um, well it became really big around the year I started which was uh, 2001 I think oh, yeah wow. so a lot of the classic dances um, uh, new flow have fun go mad um, Dizzy, um, just to name a few, uh, never really made it to Denmark. Have Fun Go, Go Mad have been kind of retaught over the years. Um, Joe Thompson's uh, Come Dance With Me is one of the dances that never dies. Um, but a lot of, a lot of the, the really old classics that we see being danced both here and in the UK, especially late night, when people want to remember all the old dances, they never even surfaced in Denmark. Hmm. So it's it's one of those things where when you start to go to events and you kind of notice the dances and then you pick them up little by little, uh, try, try and learn them. So um, we try to incorporate sometimes some oldies days where we teach these old dances, but it's also a little bit... It's a little bit difficult to explain to people what's the what's the need to learn these dances if if they don't see them being danced anywhere and they don't really in Denmark. Mm. But it's a shame though because I like a lot of I like a lot of the old dances and I wish we could kind of spread them out a little bit more. Mm. One thing I've noticed in the last six months, let's say, uh, while I've been tuning into uh, like Conscious Sounds Radio and lately Move Radio and Ranch Dance Fife, is that the the charts over in the UK for for their line dances, uh, they can differ very, very greatly. Like something can be number one over there on like the line dancer charts, yeah. And I might not see it anywhere over here. And so I figure, well, I'll learn the US classics, I'll learn the UK classics. Mm -hmm. What would be some regional big hits in Denmark that we might not have seen leave the country? Wow, you got me there. Um, the thing is, our classes kind of try to follow not only what's being taught in Denmark, but mm. also in, in the UK and, and the US. I think um, there was a dance, uh, well, some of, the, some of the dances, for example, that Niels has done um, are a huge hit back home and then don't really go anywhere when he teaches it at an event in the UK or the US so mm -hmm. taste is different and if I look at, at, at the line dancer chart uh, sometimes I can get really confused uh, as well because you look at some of the dances for example 
Ticket to the Blues. Uh, I my beginners have it as well, so it's it's no disrespect, but I was very surprised that it was nominated for Crystal Boot, Boot and won again two years in a row. And for me, the chart is not always current, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but it's the people that vote, and if that's what they dance, um, I just don't always feel it reflects what we dance. Mm -hmm. For recruiting or um, spreading the word about line dance and, and uh, obtaining new students, what do you find tends to be effective as far as uh, you know where you advertise and uh, whom you? Uh, tell that you have a class yeah and how do you keep those students for the for the ones who do make it past beginner and into intermediate what really uh, attracts them to the point that they they're in it for life yeah um, well I think it's hard and especially hard these days because again when I started it was at that point it was the new craze every new class had a hundred people turning up and then you knew that about 50% of them would drop away at some point, but then you still had a 50 people class, which was huge. Today we're really happy if we get 10 beginners, if we start a new class. Um, we do a lot, we used to do flyers a lot, but that doesn't work very well. Hmm. So we do a lot of um, uh, public appearances, hmm. um, which uh, there's this, April 29th is like an international day of dance. Oh wow! Yeah, that's coming up from the yeah, time of this is. recording. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Today we're recording on April 9th. Yeah, um, and especially I don't know what they do in the other countries, but in Denmark they do a lot of pop-up events on on this day, hmm. uh, on squares and stuff around the city. So we always have try to have a performance on that day hmm. to kind of show people what it is that we do, and. And that fits really well because that's almost the end of our season. We kind of follow the, follow the school year. So when the school closes for summer holidays, so do we. Mm -hmm. And then during the summer, we have this, um, um, there's like an open dancing at a park mm -hmm. uh, dead in the middle of the city where there's loads of dance clubs who kind of come and show and teach us their different styles of dancing. And so do we, and we do it right before our season starts. So in the beginning of August, we have a couple of evenings there, mm. hopefully the sun shines. And mm. then we do some line dancing and we we teach. So it's free for everyone to come and try out. And they, we do a couple of beginner dances and, um, and then we just dance and people can ask all their questions and stuff. And then we have flyers there. Mm. Um, in regards to keeping them, well, everyone is different. We have a lot of people who goes once once a week and is happy with that, and it's like their weekly exercise. They don't really feel like um, rehearsing at home, practicing at home, or anything. They're fine. They come for that one class, and then when they leave, it's like it's all, all forgotten again. And then you have the ones that really want to be pushed, and those are the ones we try to hang on tight really extra and push them forward and make sure they get what they need so they don't get bored mm -hmm. how do you find music that other people are unlikely to use I've heard that if it's on the radio it's too late like yeah. there are going to be a lot of people jumping on it how do you find music that's good and danceable but miraculously other people don't know about sometimes pure luck mm. <laughs> I think um for me, I I had uh, I had a period where I paid attention to music in in movies 
or it could be even just be like a drama series or Grey's Anatomy or something like that the music that played in the background and then Shazam it if I found something that sounded interesting mm. um, so yeah sometimes it's pure luck it can also be walking down the some mall or whatever the music that plays in the background and you're thinking like what's this <laughs> and again Shazam it because yeah once it's on the radio I mean Kirsten and I did all shapes and sizes oh to Ed Sheeran Shape of You and we knew it I mean we posted the music and we said look we know there's going to be a million dances to this but we just had to do it and we were I think one of the first ones out there and that. yeah but then you got Roy and Fiona and Roy was very apologetic when we met him he was like I'm sorry I didn't know um, you have Trevor Thornton who did his as well and they're all pretty much the same level more or less so mm. people just have to choose and it's very rare that I do such a popular dance but sometimes it just happens and you just gotta deal with there being 20 other options out there mm. even though it sucks it yeah. does suck yeah the floor splits just get to smaller and smaller yeah pockets. What would you say is the most challenging dance that you've ever taken on? I guess I was going to say to learn and, uh, you know, how did you decide to finally say, okay, you know, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to take a day and I'm just going to, we're going to get through it. Also, what is the most uh, challenging choreography experience that you've had? Um, okay. I'll start with the choreography experience. Mm -hmm. Um, more after uh, I did a dance called Sexy Silk hmm. to uh, Jesse J's Sexy Silk hmm. it's from the movie Easy A there was a movie reference actually um, and it's not because the dance is very hard but it's done completely on the way she sings the song so I didn't think counts or anything I just listened to the way she sang it and then I had to write the step sheet oh boy yeah so that was the thing and when I had to teach it I had a class full of people who really wanted the counts and I, I stood there and said okay let's pretend the counts are this but then I sang it I'm not a good singer but kind of to get the the rhythm to them and and that helped but in the beginning I just thought holy mother hmm. how am I going to get through this um, the most challenging well it, there's been different stages in in my life I guess um, I was very proud when I was in my first year of line dancing and I learned uh, pot of gold all by myself uh, from a step sheet uh, I think that was the first step sheet I, I read as well um, other than that I think one of the most challenging is um, Guyton did a dance that didn't really take off but was very very cool uh, don't touch me it was a hat dance oh interesting. with with the cap that you had to throw and you were down on the floor and do all these break your leg things and everything um, I can't remember what it's called right now but it, it he and he did like a whole well tour I don't know but the next couple of events he he went to he had like a whole bag of guidance caps with him so people could learn could learn this dance hmm. uh, but that was awesome i mean i like i like challenges uh, i get stubborn i like uh and the funny thing is some of the uh, the old ones that were really hard and probably in some way still are gyrate and hmm. bring it on down there is some muscle memory in there all the clapping sequence just sit there hmm. are there any dances that you wish would have taken off that just didn't 
didn't quite make it? Like maybe we should bring back? <laughs> um, Nils did a dance that um, I love the music. Um, and I think the dance was called Wish Me Luck. Mm. It was uh, Terence Trent Darby wishing well. Mm. Loved the music, thought the dance was brilliantly done, and people didn't really feel for it. Mm. I kept begging him to to reteach it, um, and he was like, "Yeah, well, didn't really take off." So, um, no, but there's there's loads, um, especially up to uh, Gaiden retiring. Mm. It's it's not just Gaiden, but I love Scott's pucker up. Um, but especially up to Gaiden retiring, we've been asked a lot of times for these events where it's his last appearances at different events to write our all-time favorite top 10 Gaiden dances. And I've just gone through some of them and thought, wow, there's this and there's this and there's this and there's this and there's this. Um, 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 he had... One he did, um, it's not in the A, back on the bus. The song is called Rosa Parks by, by Outcast. Oh. Hush That Fuss is mm. the dance, yeah. Never really took off either, but that's for some reason one of the dances that I also remember and it's also got this clapping sequence. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple final questions. It is there anything that you would ask all the folks who are listening right now? Millions and millions of line dance folks out in the community. Wow, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything you'd want them to think about or maybe something they could consider doing, whether it's uh, instructors or choreographers or just the dancers themselves, the DJs? Um, slow down, maybe. Mm. Um, I, I think, uh, as we spoke about earlier, yeah, the, the thing, as soon as you hear a song on the radio, it's, it's too late. Um, I feel I feel it has happened more over the last couple of years that people have slowed down a little bit. There was a period where every event, event directors and the audience expected choreographers to come up with new dances, new dances, new dances, new dances all the time, which meant everybody was doing something different depending on which event you attended. And all instructors and choreographers for that matter were struggling and racing to keep up with what was being taught but also yeah trying to find new songs for dances so it seems to have slowed down a little bit but i think we can do more mm -hmm. what's the best way that people could get in contact with you if they had any questions oh please uh, well Facebook, email, but if I'm at an event somewhere, as I've mentioned in the beginning, I am quite shy, so just walk up to me and just shake me and go, hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm whatever my name is, so I'd be happy to talk to anyone. How do you spell your name for those looking you, on, uh, looking you up on Facebook? <laughs> it's J-A-N-N-I-E, T-O-F-T-E, mm -hmm. but yeah, so it's pronounced like a Y in the beginning, but it's spelled with a J. Mm -hmm. And... For your email address, what would they type in for that? Um, J-A-N-N-I-E-T-O-F-T-E, -E, all in one, no um, underscore or anything, at gmail.com. Okay. One very final question. Yeah. Um, what dance would you recommend everyone go out and learn right now? Right now? Mm -hmm. Besides my own? Oh, no, no absolutely. <laughs> Please. Um... 
I really, really, really like, and this is a person that I haven't mentioned yet, mm. I really like Rachel's Falling. Um, mm. That is a gorgeous dance and it's very much on the music. Um, so yeah, if you haven't learned it, definitely do it. Mm. All right. Well, thank you very much for thank you. coming on Line Dance Podcast. Hopefully we'll see you at an event soon. I think uh, the next one we'll both be at is Portland. Yeah. Northwest uh, Line Dance Blast. Yes. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I'll see you then. Thank you.